Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Ray and Tay Today. Talking sports with friends. Ella, just talk about sports. Here it is, y'all. We're on the air. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay Today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay Eric Taylor, and we have got a wonderful show talking some sports, and we have a great guest. I think he's ready to join us. I believe it's Alfred Schofield. Let's see if he's ready. Alfred, are you with us, Ray and Tay Today? Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Welcome to the show. How you doing? Hey, how are you guys? Great to connect today. Good, good. Excited to have you on the show. So, you know, we talk about a bunch of sports on the show. And first, we know that you're a huge sports fan, but also you're bringing a new, a new angle to the show, right? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little bit about Vital Fit Nutrition and how it relates to sports, how you put nutrition and sports together. You got it. Um, yeah, so a little bit about me. Um, my name is Alfred. I grew up playing all sorts of different sports. I was a um, varsity athlete in high school, played uh, baseball, soccer, you name it. I was um, I was involved. And so, yeah, after college, um, I went to grad school, and we started studying entrepreneurship, me and my co-founder, Cameron. And one of the things that we really noticed was that in the sports world and in kind of everyday life recovery um, was just totally ignored. Um, Whether it's working out, whether it's people playing sports. I mean, I remember in high school, we did barely anything to get our bodies back after a hard day of practice. And so what we thought was let's find a way to create um, supplements or nutrition products that, that help people recover in a better way. Um, And so we've kind of seen it throughout um, sports, throughout athletics and kind of having that trickle down effect where, Recovery has really become um, a big part of life, whether it's LeBron dealing with um, injuries now. I was just reading the other day that he spends uh, over a million dollars a year on recovery. Um, oh, yeah. We've really seen it, especially like in the studio space, which is where we work. The So people that are working out a lot. Um, so our products are all natural plant-based solutions. Um, and so we get a lot of exposure and um, experience with athletes everywhere. So i uh, love, happy to talk about sports today. That's that's awesome. Um, yeah. So you you hinted on it a little bit, but tell us a little bit about how the world of cho- sports is changing. We hear the word supplement, and a lot of times, especially in baseball, with what they went through in the NFL, that that those that's like taboo. But actually, supplements are very important as long as they're used properly and they're not, you know. I mean, everything is performance enhancing ultimately, right? Because your body recovers and, and does better. But tell us a little bit about how the science and the nutrition of sports has become more organized and better, you know, better research and, and more well, uh, you know, well established. Absolutely. So, uh, so our brand's based out of Boston. I grew up in the area. Um, so I'm a diehard Pats fan. And so I think like probably the best place to start or one of the most notable athletes that, that gives a good example of that is, Tom Brady with his TB12 method. I know that's plastered everywhere right now. But so kind of what we've seen is that um, as sports are changing, as athletes are changing, there really is this, this focus on recovery and diet. 
Um, so with Tom Brady and the TB12 method, for example, what we see is that he's um, eating foods that are going to help him um, have less inflammation. They're going to help him recover faster. And right. instead of kind of this focus on heavy weightlifting and, um, and really pushing his body to the max all the time, what he's focusing more on is internally whether he has that functional muscle. Um, I, they throw the word liability around a lot. Um, so he's looking at kind of making more of a functional body rather than a body that would be traditionally something to gawk at or look at. I know he recently just got body shamed a little bit, but that's kind of besides the point. The, the real, the core of it is that athletes are um, putting this priority on recovery. And then I think what's, what's really interesting too is we see it, um, how they're doing it throughout the season and even through, throughout games. Um, another good example is Steph Curry. Um, when he came into the league, there was so much concern about his ankles and his injury history. And now you see it with the Warriors, they're able to protect him on defense. Clay Thompson is always taking the, the tougher score. Um, so he's able to even rest and recover a little bit within games. Um, that obviously comes up with LeBron a lot too, um, whether he's able to kind of hide on defense and if you surround him with, with the team that's able to perform a little bit better on that end so he can really um, save his skill set and energy for the offensive end. So kind of we're seeing it outside of the game, inside of the game, um, and especially in the offseason too. Um, athletes are changing their diets. They're changing their priorities and strategies in the offseason to really come back. I mean, we see how athletes, um, they don't take much time in the preseason anymore. NFL players usually sit that out. Um, just anything they can do to really ensure that their bodies are at peak condition when they need to perform. Right. That And see, that's so awesome, Alfred, because I was going to ask you about what is the next frontier. And you, you touched on it with LeBron and even we know about James Harrison talking about it, putting a million dollars into things like cupping and acupuncture. We saw that with the Olympics with the swimmers last summer, all the cupping, which I do myself and I recommend cupping is the best thing. But do you think also like what you spoke about Brady, because really everything is about functional. And with LeBron, he talks about stretching. And as human beings, Tal and I are, are not young chickens anymore. We're former athletes as well. But do you think that, stretching and plant-based and even we've had John Sally on our show being vegan. I've just been vegan 15 weeks. How do you think all of that sort of goes into the athlete? Plus really they're kind of training 12, you know, 12 months a year. There's no, there's no real off season. They just do less or different training. How do you think all of that plays? And do you think diet will increase? And what do you guys are actually putting in your supplements or vitamins? Yeah, so I think that um, you, you touched on a lot of great points there. Um, and so just to kind of try to respond to them um, one by one. Um, so stretching and, and kind of working on that functional strength and, and flexibility is super important. It's, um, it's kind of interesting. We have friends in Boston that just started a, a fitness studio specifically around active recovery and stretching. So the idea is that if you're able to kind of do that instead of a traditional pre-workout, if you're really stretching your body, getting yourself primed to perform in that way, that you're going to perform better. And I think that's ultimately what we see with diets and with supplementation too. Um, one of our favorite, favorite phrases is that um, the key is not excess. It's, um, it's in that balance, right? So yeah. what people are looking for with their diets, um, 
especially with a plant-based diet, um, it's been proven that red meats can cause inflammation, and um, especially some of these fattier meats, they're avoiding them now. Um, I, I know you would normally think of, like, uh, a baseball team on a road trip eating burgers and things like that, and that's just not the reality anymore um, as people have started to understand what what's better for their body. So a good example is, um, for example, red fruits, so cherries, strawberries, things like that. Um, cranberries are another good example. They're just naturally great for the body. Our most popular product is tart cherry. Um, so it, it has these two components in it that are in many red fruits, anthocyanins and polyphenols. And then yeah. actually what they do is they help reduce inflammation within the body. Um, so athletes are able to change their diets to help them perform. Um, and then just going back to what you said about kind of some of the different training methods and things of that nature, um, I mean, we've seen things, uh, Lonzo Ball just went um, under the knife the other day, but one of the treatments he was looking at um, instead of going through surgery was uh, a PRP treatment, which is a platelet-rich plasma injection. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's become a way that athletes can, can kind of avoid those off-season surgeries. Um, and we've seen we other things that like, I'm sorry, can you guys still hear me? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Um yeah, so I was just I was referring to the um, the PRP treatments, similar to something like uh, Alonzo Ball was looking at. But we've also seen um, things such as hyperbaric chambers gain a lot of um, a lot of traction. So athletes are using those to to recover faster. Um, yeah. We have friends called Norm. got back into the Super Bowl doing that way back in what was that? Oh four, oh five. Yeah, exactly. And he was able to yeah. recover. I remember as a Pats fan. Uh, I thought there was no way he was going to be ready for that game um, coming off the broken leg, but that's what he was able to do um, by finding these, these treatment methods that were able to expedite his recovery. Um, we have friends locally, a company called Normatech, which is very popular, but with, they have these muscle sleeves that help stimulate recovery and blood flow. So we're seeing all sorts of these alternative treatments come up to help athletes, um, whether it's recover from an injury faster or whether it's just to stay in peak shape throughout the year. It's incredibly important. So let me ask let me ask you this too, though, and I know that kind of goes into what we were talking about. It's the new trend. Do you think that will also increase? And we're seeing it a lot in basketball and football. But you know, they monitor athletes. Remember LeBron with the cramping and electrolytes and temperatures in arenas. Do you think, or do you think it's already happening where? At halftime, are they monitoring the athletes or hooking them up to machines where the sports, you know, have the, the basketball and the football at the halftime, baseball would have to be either in a dugout or, you know, somewhere during the game where they are finding out, okay, this is where they're at. They need more potassium. Give them a banana. Give them Gatorade. Give them salt. Do you think that the game is going to get so scientific, right? We're all talking about analytics. But then we kind of need not just analytics of what their production is, but analytics of their body up and down in game. How, how far is that going? And even in game, maybe not liquids, but even vitamins. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great point. Um, and I think that the answer to that is that uh, there's still a long ways to go with in-game treatment. And what that comes down to, I mean, we've seen so much pressure put on the the pace of a game, right? So Major League Baseball, they want to make sure that the games are over shorter. Um, I remember watching the World Cup recently, and um, France was playing, and Blaise Matuidi, he had a head injury, and he came back into the game immediately, and you could just 
you could tell just looking at them that something wasn't right and that clearly yeah. a doctor hadn't done their due diligence there. So I think that we can see that um, the in-game treatment isn't where it needs to be. Um, but I think that when we look at the trends moving forward, that that's certainly something that's going to change, um, whether that's athletes being monitored at halftime, like you mentioned. I think that even within the course of the game, I mean, when I look at LeBron playing 48 minutes um, in every playoff game, pretty much it felt like um, I don't Ridiculous. think that that's really going to be the future. I think that ultimately, um, and we're seeing it a little bit in baseball right now, right, where it's no longer this, this starting pitcher is going to pitch eight innings. Um, we're seeing how they're able to rotate pitchers in every three or four innings, um, kind of shorten what, what athletes are doing to to account for some of that fatigue that they'll feel. I think that's only going to become more common um, throughout every sport, and I think we'll see all sorts of different strategies applied. Um, and I think it really is the next movement, similar to the analytics movement we're in right now. Hey, Alfred, we're going to jump into our sports topics. So let me ask you this. You sound like a, a huge sports fan, and I know you said baseball was one of your sports. Did you watch the All-Star game? What did you think? And also Manny Machado going to the Dodgers. Any thoughts? American League, Yeah, baby. so I, I did watch the All-Star game. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought especially the night before the home run derby was quite the spectacle. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed watching fun. Bryce Harper win that. Yeah, that was a lot of fun, especially to do it in front of the home crowd. Um, it probably made him a few million bucks. A little bit. It probably yeah, made him a few million bucks on his next contract. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that um, I think that the All Star Game is always a great showing. Um, I was I was pumped about uh, a lot of what happened. I think it was unfortunate that it was overshadowed by um, some of those. I remember watching the broadcast, some of the harsh words um, from the reliever that came out. Um, so that was a little unfortunate to see. But overall, I think it was yeah. a, an awesome spectacle for the game of baseball. I know that there's a lot of controversy whether the game should count or not, but it's always fun just senior superstars, senior idols out there having a good time. Um, and then to respond to the Manny Machado um, trade, yeah, I'm I'm really into baseball. Um, and so for me, especially as a Red Sox fan, even though we couldn't have used him in the lineup per se, um, it, it's, uh, it hurts to see him go to the Dodgers. I think they immediately evolved themselves into um, prime position to win the World Series. Um, he's going to plug that hole that Corey Seager left, unfortunately, for the year. Um, and I think that more than anything, it was a great move by the Dodgers because they were able to kind of snatch him away from some of the other contenders in, in the NL. So um, I think it was World the first time. You want to give him the World Series already? You want to give him the World Series? The Astros, Red Sox, <laughs> Yankees? Come on. Well, I'm they worried I, as a fan of they still it. Can't pitch, <laughs> this, this is a Red Sox fan where they got the best record in baseball. So his team is still looking pretty good. Yeah, we're looking good. Um, the the thing that worries me as a Red Sox fan, and um, I'm I'm a diehard. I was at a game last week. Um, Chris Sale and, and David Price and the rest of the rotation, as great as they've been, and our lineups obviously dynamite. Um, I just want to see uh, how they perform in the postseason. And I think that anytime the Dodgers, I mean, they have so many proven performers up and down the lineup, and, and especially some of their starters. You can't ignore someone like Kershaw. So. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what happens. I think that it's going to be, be an exciting um, playoff and World Series. There's so many strong contenders this year. I mean, the Red Sox are going to have to go through either the Yankees or the Indians. Um, even the Mariners and Athletics are playing some hot ball right now. So I think that um, the Manny Machado team, uh, trade definitely changes the dynamics of the league a little bit. And I think it'll be interesting to see how 
everybody responds. Um, I, the Indians just got uh, Brad Hand today, so that shows up their um, their uh, relief a little bit. Um, so we'll see once Andrew Miller comes back how they perform. Um, and yeah, I was I was actually just reading before the call some rumors about um, potentially the Cubs getting involved in some Jacob Degrom trades. So we'll see how it all pans out, but it's certainly going to be an exciting few months here. Definitely. The stretch run is always great. Baseball trades. So, you know, we're Yankee fans, but also NBA. The summer has been kind of amazing. Your thoughts on, you know, obviously we've already done shows about LeBron, but really the big and DeMarcus Cousins, but really the big deal yesterday with Kawhi and Danny Green and Jacob Pollock and, and DeMar DeRozan throwing a first round pick. Do you think that the Spurs could have probably gotten more or better in the sense of maybe from the Celtics or even the Lakers in terms of younger proven, you know, younger potential talent where DeMar DeRozan, even though he's under contract and he's a solid two guard, he can't really shoot. I don't know how great that is. And do you think the Raptors, maybe they're right there one a with the Celtics for the East? What are your thoughts about those NBA moves? Yeah, that's a loaded question. So I guess I'll, I'll start. I think, um, as an NBA fan, uh, I was I was mainly just sad to see this trade go down. I think um, DeMar DeRozan is on the Raptors, and they've been a rival of the Celtics for a long time. Um, so I obviously um, w- didn't always want them to win, but what I always respected was DeMar DeRozan's loyalty to Toronto. He seemed like yeah. such a great ambassador for the city. So on that level, it's certainly sad to see him leave. Um, and obviously you thought about Kawhi being the next face of the uh, – of the Spurs. So that's unfortunate as well, but I think it's going to be interesting to see how those dynamics change. Um, I think Kawhi on Toronto, um, especially they have OG and Anubi. Um, their, their defense is going to be insane. Um, so as a Celtics fan, I'm definitely worried about that. I think it'll be exciting to see how Kawhi looks. I mean, he's been out of the game for so long. Um, I mean, he only played in nine games last year. So I think ultimately his health is going to be so important to see how he evaluate that trade in hindsight. Well, do you think he's um, recovering the right way? I mean, have you tried to reach out to his people and see if you can get him the right supplements or what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I should be trying. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's see how his treatment has evolved. Um, it seems like there's a lot of chefs in the kitchen, so that obviously is a little bit scary, but hopefully he comes out and is the same player. Um, I we definitely want him to be a top five player in the league, and it, it's a better league when he is that elite player. Um, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens on the flip side with the Spurs. They have a history of. Um, I was saying to my friend the other night, they might have a more talented roster than they've had in the past. Um, Demar Derozan. I mean, anytime you plug a an All NBA player, someone who who uh, is a twenty point per game scorer um, in a Popovich's system, that's obviously exciting. Um, I really like what they did in the draft, grabbing Lonnie Walker, and um, they've got some yeah. exciting young pieces to Joseph Murray. Um, so I think that it, it'll be interesting to see. The Spurs are going to be an entirely different team than we've seen in the past, um, but I think that they could turn around and be a lot better than expected. I think um, everyone might be writing them off a little too soon. And um, with regards to your comment about could they have gotten more, um, I mean, I look at the Celtics squad and, and – they certainly have the assets in the future. Um, and I think that the 76ers did as well, that, that potentially could have had a higher higher margin or higher yield in the future. But 
at the same time, I mean, I don't think the Celtics were willing to give up Jalen Brown. I don't think that the 76ers were willing to part with Markel Fultz. So, especially when you're looking at Popovich, who's getting up there in age, there's a lot of rumors about him retiring. Um, I'm guessing that he wanted to, to compete now and wanted to build a roster out that he thought could could compete with some of those top teams in the West. And so if that's the goal, um, one of these stronger packages that's going to take a few years to, to really prosper probably wasn't in their best interest. So I think all things considered, I mean, obviously losing Kawhi was not something they wanted to do. But um, if you could have told them that you're going to lose Kawhi, but you'll be getting back a second-team All-NBA player um, who's been a consistent scorer, um, who's still – I mean, he's 28 years old, but it looks like he might still have some room to grow, right? He he uh, has shot more three-pointers last year than in the past. I mean, he blew it in the and playoffs. And all players, let's be honest, he's all players to, uh, improve under Pop. All players exactly. have improved under Pop. So that's, that's the, the positive sign of it, I would definitely say. I just think Toronto, They I don't know. They, they, if they lose – Kawhi, then I guess they rebuild over Van Fleet and OG, you know? I mean, that's that's because yeah. I think but no matter what, thing, Kawhi's going I to think, LA with the Clippers no matter what. He's gone. But here's the thing. I think underlying all of this is getting out of DeMar DeRozan's contract. I think ultimately that the Toronto right. Raptors were in a win-win situation, right? If If Kawhi stays, you have a top three player, and you know me, I love Kawhi since San Diego since his uh, since his rookie year and even before that. Um, yeah. <laughs> and if the and if he does and if he leaves, you know what? They realize that Demar Derozan isn't good enough to be your best player. Demar Derozan's your best player, uh, unless you're the 2004 Detroit Pistons. You're you'll have a good team, but you won't you won't get to even to the even to the Eastern Conference Finals or maybe to the NBA Finals. So, to me, I thought it was actually it, – it, it's a slap in the face of DeMar DeRozan at the end of the day, right? But it, it's actually Toronto's way of unwinding that contract, either upgrading or saying we're going to blow it up and, and start over. And, and by the and way – And plus they got Danny Green. Danny Green is a legitimate starting shooting guard in the NBA. That was a great like, – He's a solid awesome. role player. Yeah, absolutely, with championship pedigree. Yeah. Yeah, so. they certainly have a lot of pieces. I mean, their depth on the wing is certainly strong. Um you bring up an interesting point with the contracts. I think that um, it, it's always interesting to see what these small market teams do because I think it, there's a lot of parallels with the Paul George trade last year where um, it's a small market team taking a big risk and they're hoping it pays off. Um, but at the same time, I agree with you that ultimately um, the reason that Toronto is more comfortable with the trade was they just had a different risk profile than the 76ers or Celtics had where those teams, they have young cores that are going to be set for years to come, whereas Toronto clearly, if they wanted to get over that hump, they wanted to win a championship, they needed to, to change course a little bit, um, and so they obviously went with a more high-risk maneuver. Um, it'll be interesting to see if, if he re-ups after the year um, and if Toronto is able to become this destination, um, and if not, they're probably in for a rebuild, but they do have they do have a nice young core. I, I like a lot of the players that they have, but um, especially as a small market team, you, you wonder, maybe is getting to the finals or is getting to the Eastern Conference finals good enough if you're trying to run a successful operation? It, at this point in time, does Toronto have any real chance of winning the championship? Um, but obviously, Maji Herrera, he's, uh, he's an awesome executive. He's really well-respected, so I'm sure he's got um, he's got some plans up his sleeve, and I don't think he's done wheeling and dealing just yet. So we've kind of touched on most of the sports, and with all the news uh, sort of, 
you know, Julio wanting a raise and the Rams and Donald and my, my Pittsburgh Steelers and Le'Veon Bell again hitting the wall. When you think about recovery, nobody needs to recover more than NFL players and really no one more than NFL running back. What do you think where, you know, everyone says the life of a running back ends really 2930, someone like a Le'Veon Bell who is so elusive and is smart, like a Marshall Falk, where he doesn't really get bad hits. How do you think even with your supplements and just modern medicine and, and, and nutrition, how can you extend the life of these running backs and potentially where they actually get the money that they, you know, truly deserve? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that Le'Veon Bell is such an interesting case study because I mean, in the first five or six years of his career, he's touched the ball just so much. Um, He's led the league in touches and he's really, he's so much more than a running back. So I think that when it came to his contract negotiations, I would tend to side with him. Um, but at the same time, you can see it from the perspective of the team that traditionally he's going to be on the downside of his career now and they don't want to pay for past performance. Um, but I think when you look at, at maximizing the life of running backs and, and even other skill position players in the NFL, it's going to come down to some blend of nutrition and diet, training, and obviously supplementation. Um, our perspective on wellness as a whole is that there's not any one miracle pill. There's no one solution. I think that a lot of the times um, people want to look for that, that quick fix, if you will. And the reality is that that just doesn't quite exist. So um, Le'Veon Bell, I mean, he had some trouble with the law earlier in his career, but I think that um, what we've seen is that he's someone that takes his career extremely seriously. He takes his training very seriously. And so especially even when we look at last year, um, sitting out those first few games and, um, and having the ability to, even though he started slow, he really ramped it up towards the end of the year. Um, he's clearly on a regiment where he's able to perform at his peak towards the end of the year. So um, if I was the Steelers, I think that what I would look to do is is to have a short-term contract that pays him a high amount of money, um, probably over that 15 million a year that he's looking for. But I just wouldn't want to be locked in on five or six years because I think that there there really is. Yeah, yeah, three-year deal. I think that um, no matter what, I mean – Tom Brady might be the only example of someone who's played um, really past their prime and and kept up the performance that they have. I think LeBron's another interesting study in the the NBA um, of these players that are just truly transcendent. And I think Le'Veon Bell, he he might be one of those athletes. Um, When you watch him, his hesitance, um, he just never takes a direct hit. It's pretty crazy. Um, So, yeah, I think with – with the mix of um, some supplements, um, especially some natural solutions to be able to help them heal a little quicker, some of the modern medicine techniques we discussed earlier, um, I don't see any reason why he couldn't perform in five or six years, but I guess if I was the one writing the checks, I wouldn't necessarily want to be betting on that either, um, if that answers your question. Hey, Alfred, let's get you out on uh, – we'll we'll wind the show down on this. For all the athletes out there listening to our show – what is the one thing that they could do that's very easy to execute? They don't have to totally change their lifestyle. What's one thing that they can do to help them perform and recover better? What's your single starting point for, uh, you know, an ex-athlete or, or somebody that likes to keep themselves in good shape? Yeah, I'm going to tell you it's probably the most uh, obvious answer on the face of the earth. Um, sleep more. 
Um, all the science points towards sleep can help us with athletic performance, mental performance. Um, and so, so really when you're, when you're starting and looking at self-care and some of the things that people neglect, it's, it's the easiest stuff that, that kind of flies under the radar that can make the biggest difference. Um, we talked about LeBron a lot, but his, his training regimen, he tries to get at least eight to 10 hours of sleep per night. Um, and he's, he's changed all sorts of things to optimize his sleep. Um, so one of the things that we even talk about with our product, our tart cherry product, is it has naturally occurring melatonin. It helps you get into a um, deeper cycle of sleep. So REM sleep is really, um, it's a technical term, but that's where um, you're getting the deepest, most restful sleep. It's far more valuable than anything else. Um, yeah. And so if you don't give yourself the right amount of time to sleep at night, if you're not taking that full eight hours, you're not even really getting into the most valuable part of your sleep cycle. Um, and so that's going to impact you. It's going to make you feel fatigued. Your memory is going to suffer. Your athletic performance is going to suffer. So, so really when you're talking about a day one solution, something that's just really easy and within your lifestyle that you can alter, um, it's simply to get more sleep every night. Amen. All right. right. That's good. Let's go to sleep. <laughs> sleep and get some water and you're, you're starting off right there. That's what I try to tell my kids, Alfred. Hey, so Alfred, just real quick, before we say goodbye, I'm just curious, because I know the name Schofield, and I grew up um, going up to Martha's Vineyard. Do you have any family? Because any, I know the Schofields of Martha's Vineyard. Do you know any Schofields up there? Wow, that's too funny. I'm actually, I'm from Cape Cod originally, um, but I don't know of any family that I have on Martha's Vineyard. That's such a coincidence. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I know family Scotty all Schofield. Over, all over the Cape. <laughs> yeah. Scotty Schofield no and... These are guys I used to play basketball with, the Schofield family, and one of, uh, I guess he'd be in his late 70s now, their father was a coach on Martha's Vineyard, Mr. Schofield, a great coach that I learned a lot from and played basketball with Sean Schofield and Scotty Schofield, and they have a sister, Charlene. So just, I, I had to wow. ask. Yeah, man. That's a crazy coincidence. Maybe it's a distant relative or something. I'm just you can ask that. your and, and you get back to us because it's a small world. You never know. I, I know the Schofields very well. Awesome, awesome family and, and great friends growing up. So we'll definitely end Absolutely. on a good note with that, man. Thank you All for right, joining. Well, yeah. Thanks yeah. for joining. Good luck to your Red Sox. Obviously, we're Yankee fans. Maybe we'll have to do this again in October if we got a little uh, ALCS going on. <laughs> well, wait, give, I don't know if you guys have looked at the standings right now. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's Sorry, Alfred, give our audience your website and your social media stuff so people can find you and your products. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so first of all, just thank you guys so much for having me on today. It was a blast. Um, always great to talk sports and uh, especially versus some New Yorkers. But, um, yeah, if people <laughs> want to check out our products, it's www.vitalfit, V-I-T-A-L-F-I-T, nutrition.com, um, or you can find us on Instagram or Facebook, vital fit underscore nutrition um and yeah just thanks again guys this was an absolute blast and hopefully we'll be able to do it again soon awesome sounds great thanks mm-hmm. Alfred. appreciate your time all and right. your insights take, absolutely take it easy guys all right, all right. Good. take care bye-bye all right, bye that's awesome great way to end the show ray and i gotta tell you he's he, he's got it right you know you, you get that rest and, you know, the athletes are not even doing the weights, heavy weights as much. They're using bands, water. you got to get your strawberries, the, all the cranberries, you know, cherries, blueberries, blackberries. It's, it's, it's very key. 
Yeah, you know, it's funny, and and the stakes just keep getting higher and higher, right? Because the season gets longer. They do preseason. They do, you know, playoffs. And the money just gets so much more significant every year, right? These salary caps keep going up. The average salary keeps going up. So there's a lot of there's a lot at stake financially, too. So well, you, you hit the key word right got, there, Ray, the money. Forbes, yeah. Dallas Cowboys, number one franchise, $4.8 billion. Four point eight billion. Yes. That's with a B. That's a oh, B. Yeah, B. I'm sorry. That's what I meant to say. B. B- billion. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you got to stay fit. You got to recover. You got to get your best performance. And if it means, you know, changing your diet just a little bit and getting more sleep, that's a small price to pay for two, three, four more years of peak performance. Yeah. No, that that was fun. And We'll be interested to see as training camp comes along, who doesn't come, who stays out. We'll watch the pennant race. Obviously, NBA is going to be fantastic again. The trades, free agent signings, Dirk, one more year for Dirk at $5 million. So um, you talk about somebody extending their career. I think this is year 20 for Dirk or something. So it's, wow. uh, it's, it's, all, it's all amazing. And I uh, hope everybody enjoyed the show. And uh, we'll, catch you, we'll catch you on the rebound. Cool. Catch you next time. We are out.